Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, new sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better than today. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here in Portland and Seattle and parts unknown across the country, also on the Golf News Network on iHeart. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us and listening today. This segment on Grilling at the Green is brought to you by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also the Oregon Crab Commission. That's right, I live in Oregon, don't blame me. Uh, from sea to plate, Oregon Crab Commission has got the most wonderful Dungeness crab. If you've never had it, I would invite you to try it. You can go to the OregonCrabCommission.org and find out more. Well, he's back. We haven't talked to him in a while. My good buddy Keith Jarvis from Keith Jarvis Golf back in Joyzy. Uh, I always remember whenever I talk to you, I always think of that salsa commercial. What do go? This stuff's made in New Jersey. So uh yeah, it was a paste picante sauce. Yeah, it was. It was anyway. Yeah. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. What you been doing? You know, uh, I just keep it moving. Just keep trying to learn, keep trying to get better, um, helping players win tournaments and, you know, win club championships and just doing what I do best. It's the only thing I've ever been good at. Are you enjoying it? Oh, man, I'm I'm in love with it. Uh what did I, I used to work for this master professional a long time ago. And he said, it, it's the labor of love. He says, you don't do it for the money. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So what has changed? You, you haven't been, I was looking, it's been a couple of years actually yeah, since you've been on the show. I know. And um, thank you we, for having me, by the way. I'm very, oh, no problem. You're, you're my bud, but um, how have things changed? You know, Keith, we had, what almost four years ago now the covid stuff yeah big big lockdowns all that stuff happened then things started to loosen up yeah we saw a huge surge people picking up the sticks getting out on the courses and like that about the only thing you could do during covid is play golf yeah and barbecue and i had (laughs) and i had both of those covered so what has changed? I mean, I know how things have changed out here on the West Coast because that's where yeah. I live. But in uh, New Jersey and the Eastern Seaboard, how have things changed in your eyes since the lockdown and then we came back? I, I think the game is growing to some degree. I think all the statistics and data show that it is. And, um, you know, I think with with um, the Live Golf Tour, it's um, bringing more people that might not be into the game thinking that it's too elite too stuffy no fun um bringing you know a different uh a different um generation to the game by watching those tournaments and those a lot of great players on that tour there's uh there was i I read a couple articles this weekend how 
uh, the leaderboard was better on the live this weekend than it was on the PGA tour. So, you know, look, they got to figure out a way to come together because it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. Now, my only, and I've said this many times, um, my only problem with live is you can call me stodgy. I'll accept that. But it's, uh, to me, golf tournaments are 72 holes. Yeah. And and especially at the pro level, you know, lower amateur, amateur stuff. That's okay. Yeah. But at the pro level, you should play four rounds. If the weather's permitting, get it in there. They're playing 54. Um, the cocktail parties and stuff were cool. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, but, the music, uh, the music. But I just think that to me, it's still more like a bit of an exhibition yeah. uh, until they, if they ever do get to that seventy-two hole threshold. I'm not yeah. sure they will because they think they've got a formula, and and rightly so in some respects, this working. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as far as what's different around here, I would say, um, number one, I think the indoor golf centers is booming more across the country than ever before. Um, people are starting to uh, realize that you can have fun in a simulator these days and you can uh, take lessons in simulators these days. So I think that part of the industry is growing as well. Um, and good for all those people. I had a six simulator place of my own for quite a while, and it was a little bit before COVID. And I went to an indoor facility when um, Golf Channel asked me to come on board with them to a place that didn't have a full-time instructor. So I'm kind of used to the indoor thing. You know, it's like heat in the winter, uh, you know, air conditioning in the summer. (laughs) I've got no problem with it. Yeah, we've seen a lot of that out here. Uh, I live south of Portland, but we've probably got, I don't know, half a dozen dozen facilities. Some of them are kind of club membership based and others are, you know, open if you want to book a time and go in there. And there's usually a restaurant or some social amenity attached to them. Um, And they're always busy, always busy. And they and they have instruction. most of them do that you can uh, step up and like you said the dead middle of winter which we're kind of working our way through here in Oregon yeah uh not probably too much different than it is in New Jersey is that some days can be really beautiful and bright and sunny and other days are just awful yeah. you know yeah. weatherwise so um and the awful days uh make you yearn more for the nice days Problem is getting on a real course. There's plenty of tee times because the courses are soggy for the most part. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, not very hospitable, especially if you're walking. Uh, So I I think they're onto something with that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, Takes less time. I mean, you could play 18 holes in an hour by yourself in the simulator, you know, where if you're out there on the course and you're, it's a busy day. I mean, you're looking at a minimum of four, you know, right. Right. You know, look, I think, I think when you start to look at what's important, um, time is probably one of the most valuable things we have. And a lot of people, you know, they have careers, they have families, they have kids. They just, they just don't have the time to play anymore. I mean, it's gotten to the point really for me 
I, I don't even like to play 18 holes anymore. I'll play nine holes, eat some lunch with my students, you know, and then we all go about our days. And I think everybody has a lot more fun. You know, you're talking about two hours and another hour for lunch and it's a good time, right? Everybody yeah. from it and they enjoy it. Everybody always asks when we're going to do that again, you know? So, and I'm even having them in the winter time come into the sim. Like if I've got a Sunday and I'm not full in the afternoon, I'll call three or four guys and go, Hey guys, why don't you come over to the sim? Let's play pebble or, you know, let's play, you know, anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Campo uh, places that you wouldn't get a chance to play in, in general. <laughs> Bless you. Um, <clears throat> see, I'm a copycat there. Um, that same cough. Yeah. But you know, um, doing that when you're talking about people have lives, kids, families, jobs, blah, 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 like that. Um, uh, sometimes even for that, you know, the old adage was, well, stop off on the way home from work and play nine. That's an hour and a half if you're yeah. lucky. Yeah. But, but you got 10,000 people thinking that same thought. Yeah. And so from three 30 on till, well, this time of year, it gets dark around seven. So, you know, gauge your time accordingly, but it's hard to get on sometimes late in the afternoon, just no for problem. nine. No doubt about it. And see, if I go over to the sim, I could play nine holes in a half hour. Yeah. Well, your version, the uh, Keith Jarvis version of speed golf there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you don't have to run between the holes. Exactly. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, technology, and we're going to talk more about this uh, in the next segment coming up, but technology has grabbed a hold of the golf industry, like it or not. And, yeah. I, and I happen to like it, but um, <laughs> I really think that, you know, going forward, it's hard to say what people will create that we can utilize, you know, yeah. and I, I'm not just talking about club technology and that, but I'm talking, you know, range finders were kind of the first thing. And now we got Sims and we've got launch monitors. We got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where we'll be at in five years. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be really surprised if they didn't have some kind of a suit you could put on that would just swing for you sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, we're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green, and we're going to be back with Keith Jarvis, and he's going to give us a golf trip travel tip. He doesn't know it, but he's going to. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, JT here. You know, every week on Grilling at the Green, we bring you a travel tip, and that is brought to you by the Weston dealerships. I've known those guys since I was a kid, and they have one way of doing business. It's called the Weston Way. It's family-oriented, and there's no better people to deal with. Check out Weston Kia on Southeast Stark in Gresham, Oregon. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Really easy to get a hold of us. You can just go to grillingatthegreen.com. We also own the .net. You can go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all those platforms. We're on there. Send us a question if you've got one. Um, if you want to ask Keith a question, you can send it to me. You can send it to him, too, but send it to me, and I'll get it to him, and he'll answer that. So it's a lot of fun. So, uh, Keith, this is the part of the show. I ask every guest the same thing. Not to be redundant, but you've traveled a lot. Uh, I know you have. Uh, we ask them all to give us a 
a travel tip. Now, most people will talk about their clubs, you know, what to do with their clubs to ship them and that. But there's a lot more than to just getting your clubs to your final destination yeah. uh, when you're traveling. So what would be the Keith Jarvis home run travel tip? By the way, this is brought to you by Weston Kia in Gresham, Oregon. Um, you know, I think for me over time, one of the best tips I could probably say is not to overpack, right? I mean, you want to get in and out of that airport. If you're going for, let's say you're going for a four-day golf trip. I mean, how many pairs of pants do you need? How many shirts do you need? Even if you took one pair of pants each day and a pair of jeans that you could wear after you got in the shower or something. I mean, for me, it's about trying to go as light as I can. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing is, as soon as I get through security, I buy the biggest bottle of water I can get in there, you know, and just start drinking a bunch of water. You know, the, the airplane's going to dehydrate you and, um, you know, have some good snacks to eat, some high protein snacks, stay away from the sugar. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't always follow that. advice. I, I don't either. I'm a big gummy bear guy and, <laughs> you know, but I, but I do try to throw in some nuts and some, uh, and some, uh, beef jerky in there. Yeah. 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 That's a, if you looked in my, uh, my backpack, once we get in there, there's a bottle of water, a bottle of juice, some, some jerky, some nuts. Um, I like chips and stuff, but I usually don't eat them because they're messy. They get your fingers greasy and all that. Maybe yeah. some pepperoni, you know, yeah. and there's always a bag of M&M peanuts. Bar yeah. nuts. got to have. You can't turn those down either. You can't do that. Well, let's get back and talk some more about technology. You know, I, um, the, the instructor I work with when I'm actually trying to pay attention, Bruce Furman is part of this show. I, I proposed to him one day. I said, you know, um, I wonder why they couldn't build a, a physical machine, if you will, that you stood in. It kind of wrapped around your waist and a bit controlled your arms. And it was basically for you to get the motion of the swing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you start. Like that. Yeah. Is there? Because you start really light. You can't, if somebody's got a bad back or something, you cr can't crank them up to 10 because you'll hurt them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you do that and it kind of makes you shift your weight, rotate your hips, do all the things you got to do. And he said, well, somebody will probably come up with that. Yeah. There's one out there right now and it's been around for quite a while. It's called RoboPro. So it's a big machine and it's got, it's got V1 video attached to it. And you just grab the, so they program, let's say you want to swing like Tiger or Rory or whoever you want. Then you grab the handle of the golf club and it guides you around in a motion to the top of your swing, down to impact, and through to the finish. And you just hold the golf club, <clears throat> and it controls your whole swing. Now, you don't hit any golf balls with it, but it gets you to, like you said, get grooved in the way that, in the way you're moving, the way you're turning, yeah. and, and everything. It's it's pretty impressive, actually. <clears throat> I, think, I think I've seen Bryson DeChambeau on it. I used to teach with one here in New Jersey. Uh, sorry, in New York. They had one in the city down there at this, at this clothing place. But, um, I don't, I don't know what happened to them after that. I know they've got one in Pebble. The guy's name is Scott, uh, Scott, uh, what the heck is his last name? Uh, I can't think of it right off the top of my head, but uh, super, super nice guy. Um, they've got, they've got a half a dozen of them around the country. Are they expensive? I'm sure they are expensive. Yeah, I think the machine's a couple hundred K to get. Wow. One. Yeah. Wow. But, but it's I impressive though. 
you know, that, that thought stemmed from when I was a kid, I played the guitar <laughs> and, and my guitar teacher was also his younger brother was one of my best friends and all that stuff. And, and buddy used to say, you know, it's just too bad that you couldn't put your hands in this machine and it would break your fingers. He goes, it would hurt like hell, but it would break your fingers. So, and set them in a way that it was just meant for all the chords and, and picking, you know, like that. And I thought I was 12 years old. I thought you're crazy, you know, yeah. and then you get older and you think, well, if you could put up with the discomfort, you know, maybe not a bad idea. So, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll show you something since we're talking about that. Give me one second. Sure. So I've got two guitars and I can't play either one of them. And I've gotten the videos and done all this stuff. And then I ran across this thing. Can you see it? Oh, yeah. I know what that is. Uh-huh. So it goes on your guitar and then your your fingers go on the, on the on buttons. The, on the certain color coded and it pushes the strings. So you use this like like it is for a little bit as you learn some chords. And then you pull the little colors out and you and then you're 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 used to putting your fingers in the right place. It's called chord buddy. Did it work for, did it work for you? Uh you know, I it's I haven't used it a lot yet, but the times that I have used it sure make it easier, that's for sure. You know, they say that if you could learn three or four chords, you could play almost any song. Right. So I think right. that's really the key. Here, yeah. I'm getting too caught up in all the all the intricacies of you know, playing guitar when I should just be saying, okay, G, 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 E, E, E. <laughs> I, hate to, I hate to break it to you, Keith, but I don't think you're ever going to play like Jimmy Page or Keith Richards. I mean, I, I call me crazy, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't have 10,000 hours left in my lifetime to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's get back to the golf technology. Golf technology here, which I I do find fascinating. You know, doing a show like this, I get emails and flyers, and we're, we've got the Portland Golf Show coming up in three weeks, and there'll there'll be a bunch of new stuff there. There always is, and half of it you can go, yeah, it's not, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But some of it, it seems to be the more practical, the better. Yeah. You know, uh, we're gonna have to take a break in a second, but. I've got a, a guy named uh, Dave Riffey, who's uh, out of South Dakota. Uh, we become friends because of the show. He's got this thing called the the Rhymer, R-I-M-E-R. And it's I've named after named after a friend of his and all this. Is that Charlie Rhymer? No, Charlie's Charlie's R-Y. Dave's. Oh. Okay. But anyway, um, it's a very simple, looks like kind of like a little green slide rule, but it helps people with their stance. So we're going to talk more about that when we get back. We're going to take a break here. I'll be back with Keith Jarvis uh, from Keith Jarvis Golf back in New Jersey. And you're listening to Grilling at the Green. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's JT. You know, I talk about Painted Hills all the time. Uh, and we always say beef the way nature intended. But it's more than that. Because each bite of Painted Hills will make your taste buds explode. Put a big, bright smile on your face. And whoever is at your dinner table will have a big, bright smile on their face. And you can thank me for that later. Just go to PaintedHillsBeef.com and find out more. You won't regret it. Uh, by the way, we'd like to thank the folks at Weston Kia for that travel tip segment uh, that you did just a few minutes ago. 
And also, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. John Breaker and his family back in Colorado at Birdie Ball. If you come to the Portland Golf Show, I'll be giving out some actual birdie balls to the first, you know, 5,000 people that show up. And uh, my other partner in crime, Leanne Whippin, on the barbecue show, her uh, family, and she's in charge of it, owns a, a product called Pig Powder. Go to pigpowder.com. It has been awarded the best rub on the planet. So we're talking with Keith Jarvis today. Um, anyway, the rumor, it's, uh, it's very little. It's very light. And the reason I bring this up, I'm not trying to promote the, the device although I kind of am, like I said, it just slides. But it one of the things that technology, I think, can help with people is their stance. I think that's one of the things. ah, You know, my stance gets screwed up a lot. Uh, You know, you you think you're going to do something. You saw something on TV. You watched Max Homa swing a club this way or Nellie Corda make her stance this way. You think, oh, I'm going to try that. Doesn't work for you. Yeah, because you never tried it before. You never practiced with it. You, you're not built like they are. Yeah. But this little thing, just you know, you just put it on the ground. You fix your positions and your feet line up with the arrows and you use it when you practice. And then pretty soon it becomes, you know, it's a repetitive thing and it works. Yeah, I think he sent me one of those, I think. He yeah. may have. But the point is. Usually the simplest stuff as far as the when you're dealing with swing and playing on the course, not the monitors, not the 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 swing analysis stuff, but to actually when you're hitting the ball in that, to me, it seems like the simpler, the better. Yeah, yeah, it can be that way for sure. Look, the less you have to think about the better in reality. Right. So so um, one of the systems that I use called the fluid motion factor, uh, Steve Yellen's a big proponent of. You got to get out of checklist city, right? You're behind the ball. Do this. Don't do that. You're walking into the ball. Do this. Don't do that. You're setting up to the ball. Do this. Don't do that. You got a swing tip. Do this. Don't do that. I mean, it's just exhausting. You can't play golf that way. And it's definitely no fun. You know, when you're picking it apart too much like that, you got to try to clear the mind and just walk in there and pull the trigger. Like, like what he would say is you already know how to swing. Just pull the trigger. Anybody that stands over the ball too long, is is starting to let the prefrontal cortex gauge what how they're going to move right? right do this don't do that oh don't forget that tip you saw last week and you were on the range hitting it really good and next thing you know that tip becomes surface level of the mind so it doesn't work anymore right that's why that's why that the, that kind of stuff doesn't work after a while you find a really good tip you go to the range it's great you carry it over to the course that day it's great and you go man i can't wait to get back to the range tomorrow to to use that same tip, this was the best I ever played. You go to the range, it doesn't work quite as well. You go to the golf course, you can't use it at all. And then you just wonder, how in the hell is that possible? But that's, I guess, what keeps all of us instructors going so we can keep you guys all full of a bunch of tips that don't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't have that problem. I can I can clear my mind. My wife says I do it all the time. But... Um, <laughs> No, truthfully, when I walk up to hit the ball, and I'm not a good golfer. I mean, people have heard me say that. You know, I have great rounds sometimes, and then most of them are, yeah. But the point is, I gave up a long time ago trying to think of like, okay, I got to groove my my swing. I got to get my back swing this high. I got to do this. I got to do that. The one thing I do do 
when I was a kid growing up on the ranch and we had the ranch till just 15 years ago when I sold it, there was this big black rock in the creek on the ranch and it was always very peaceful. The little, the water, you guys in New Jersey would call this a river, but to us, it was a creek, right? I know what a creek is. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, you could swim in it, you know, you could fish in it. I mean, it was wide. It was. Catch crawdads. Catch, oh yeah. Mud bugs are my favorite. You know, so, but it was 70 feet, 80 feet across, you know, so it's, it's more yeah. than a little trickle. Anyway, you get some pretty good currents in there. We had this black rock and you could never move the black rock because it was way down buried in the soapstone, but it, it, it stood up about foot and a half above the level of the, the bottom. And when the, when the current would go over to make this pretty little splash and bubbles, wasn't loud. It was just very pleasant. And sometimes working there, when especially in the summertime when it was hot, I would just go down and sit next to it in the water, cool off, and it kind of <laughs> clear your mind. That's mm -hmm. what I try to think of Yeah, when I'm hitting the ball. I just try to let my mind go back there because it was so relaxing. Yeah, just going to your happy place. Just going to my happy place. I don't give a crap which way the ball goes. You know, yeah. I'm, it, you're, it, you're going to play it wherever it goes anyway. Yeah. So yeah. why worry about it? Absolutely. But I, I think that's one of the big things. And normally we don't get too technical on the show, but I really think that, uh, you know, and you hear it on television. Well, you know, he found something on the range yesterday and yeah. I talked to him about it in an interview after the round and he's got a new swing thought. First yeah. of all, we don't play at that level. Right. It's not our job. And secondly, probably not going to tell you what the hell that swing thought is anyway. It may be some dancing girl that he saw in a bar in, in Havana <laughs> two weeks ago. I don't know, you know, yeah. but I'm yeah. just saying it, it's easier for, I think for especially the amateur players just to step up and hit it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, one of the things that um, we see a lot is players that come, let's just say they're coming for a lesson and maybe I've never seen them before and they're in the Bay next to me warming up and they're just, hitting ball after ball with this nice fluid swing. They're getting them in the air and then they come over for a lesson and they take twice as long to pull the trigger with a totally different swing than what they were using in the next bag. Right. And I think part of that is just, it's, it's the amount of time they're taking. We, so we, you know, Pia and Lynn teach for, you know, have vision 54 golf schools all over the world. They have a thing called the think box, the play box, and then the memory box. So you can think about whatever you, you know how far your distance is. You pull the club you're going to hit. You do all that in the think box. But as soon as you walk into the play box, you got to be ready to go, right? Yeah. There's no more thinking. You just get in there and swing and take your medicine. Um, and then and then you judge your your shots by great shots, good shots, and good enough, right? There's there's not really any bad shots per se. I mean, there, it, there might be to you, but there shouldn't be. I mean... You're probably playing in, in a really incredible area and it's beautiful outside and you're with your friends and you're having a good time and there's more to it than just hitting a ball in the woods, you know, and it's like, um, you know, if you can just get to the point where you make all the, you be decisive when you're behind the ball, but as soon as you walk in, you just got to pull the trigger and just do, do your thing. Yeah. And there's, yeah. There's little tricks to it that, you know, that we can help you with that, you know, give you cues to use to help you get out of the prefrontal cortex and get into the cerebellum where your brain is sinking the swing in real time. And you'll find out you'll hit it farther, straighter, 
uh, more powerful than a steaming locomotive in most cases when you can just get out of that do this, do that, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, or whatever it is, right? So, um, you know, we have we have tricks up our sleeve for that kind of thing. And I use a great technology for it too called Focus Band. So it goes across your head, reads your brain waves. It tells me on a little avatar on my phone if you're in the prefrontal cortex or if you're in the cerebellum. And then it also will go quiet eye where a little arrow will stick out from the center of your forehead when you really get the brain quiet. And, that's, and so I'll teach you how to get into those states and hopefully get into them when you're walking into the ball and, and stay in that state to actually pull, pull the trigger on the swing. And when you can do that, it's amazing. When you're in the prefrontal cortex, you're only accessing about 44 bits of information at any given time. But if you can move that to the cerebellum, you're, ac you're accessing 11 to 33 million bits of information at any given time. And that's when you're in flow state. You can play some golf or any other sport for that matter. I uh, think my uh, you put that on me. It'd melt your phone. <laughs> it would be way, way, way too much activity there from the very first swing when you're warming up to start worrying about stuff. That does that doesn't do you any good. That doesn't do your your game any good. It's not going to do your round any good as far as the fun you're going to have with your friends or whatever. It's yeah. just. An, and I'm preaching. I'm sorry, folks. I, I usually don't do that, but I can tell you that, you know, I look at it. It's like, well, let's just get this crap out of the way and then we'll go on and play, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good um, takeaway there is that you've got your own way to do it. It might not be my way or their way or his way or her way. It's just the way you do it. And that's what's important. Yeah. And it works. It works. Okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with my buddy, Keith Jarvis. Um, don't forget we're on all the major pod platforms and you can follow us on Facebook and X or Twitter or whatever they're calling it this week. Anyway, we'll be back with Keith on grilling at the green right after this. everybody jt here if you need something to practice with in the inclement weather try birdie ball go to birdieball.com check out the actual birdie balls their packages their putting greens which i happen to have a couple of those and they work great birdieball.com Welcome back to grilling at the green now jt we'd like to thank the folks at hammerstall knives and heritage cookware why you say well uh hammerstall and heritage are new supporters of grilling at the green and leanne and i are using using them in the television show that we're making grilling at the green which is going to come out a little later this spring so i encourage you if you're really serious about your cooking as serious as you are about your golf game go to hammerstall knives uh, or heritagecookware.com they're great stuff that's all i'm going to say uh keith is going to stick around for after hours with this um and put him through the torture test there how do you how do you get to work with golf channel i mean i have i have people we've had other instructors sean lanny out here he's done yeah, some stuff for, yeah. yeah from golf channel and all that good guy a lot of yeah, fun um but how does all that evolve i know that people have asked me and i honestly don't have any idea I'll, I'll tell you, for me, it was it was luck in a, in a lot of ways. Um, number one, being a member of Proponent Group, um, which is a group of the most elite um, golf instructors in the country. Um, 
and uh, being associated with them, they partnered with the Golf Channel to do Golf Channel Academy. And so from what I understand, Golf Channel only hired proponent group members. And I was a proponent group member. And I lived up here in New Jersey. And they had a facility where the guys that owned the facility were golf fitness guys, Titleist Performance Institute fitness guys. Right. I was the Titleist Performance Institute. I am a Titleist Performance Institute golf coach. And they had coaches that were just coming in in the winter when they couldn't teach at their course. And so Golf Channel wanted there to be somebody there full time that was a golf coach for Golf Channel Academy. And they asked me to go over. So that's how I got in. It was lucky. You make a lot of money doing that? Um, You know, I... I, what I would say is I, I was able to raise my rate up a little bit, you know, which is very hard to do sometimes. Sure. So when I made the transition over there, I just jacked my rate up. And, um, you know, I learned something a long time ago uh, uh, from from the golf tech guys a long time ago. And, and that's that, like, I was having a hard time charging $100 an hour in Atlanta. Um, this was 25 years ago. Sure. <clears throat> and... Um, and so what the guys, what the guys told me said, why don't you lower your rate to 75, but do half hours instead. And then you just raised your rate to 150 a ha- an hour. And it doesn't seem like you raised it seems like you lowered it. So that was the first time I was like, whoa, that's pretty smart. <laughs> so I did that, and I just started teaching half hours for a long, you know, for, I, I don't do hour lessons anymore. I just do half hours. And so now, you know, I'll, I'll do 150 a half hour. If you buy a package, it's 100. And if you buy a bigger package, it lowers it to 75, which is a substantial discount. And then at the bottom end, I'm still making 150 an hour, which, you know, I wish I could wish I could charge $300 an hour and just get, you know, a few students per day to do the hours. But honestly, an hour is too long for a student to take a lesson and an hour is too long for, for a instructor. instructor. Yeah, because, I know. What, go yeah, ahead. Because, because what happens is... <clears throat> It gives us too much time to push you harder than you should uh, be made to be pushed because let's just say your problem is contact. I'm going to spend that half hour telling you exactly the one thing that you need to do to get better contact. And I'm going to grind it out with you for a half hour. And the next half hour is me standing behind you going, yep, that's it. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. That's how you do it. I mean, it's just a waste of their money. Right. And that's what I try to express to them. I got some people that come in. I got this girl now. She's like, I got to have an hour. got to have an hour. Yeah. So you don't need an hour. You just need a half hour. But then she tricks me into giving her hours. And so I give her hours, but it's not, it's not, uh, it's not productive. Right. If you're, if you're, if you end up talking too much, you, you think something looks a little better. So you say, okay, well, let's make this little change too. And that's where you make a mistake. Right. And right. that hurts, it hurts the student. I'm, I'm very methodical about the way I go about it. And in my mind, the number one differentiator between good players and bad players is contact. If you can't get smash, you know, smash factor, I use TrackMan, so I use that yeah. terminology. Uh, if you can't get smash on your clubs, you got nothing. I don't even, if they say, well, I, I just want to, I just want to hit it straight. It's look, don't care about how straight you hit it at the beginning. Let's get the contact as solid as we can get it. There's a tour average for every club in your bag on the PGA tour and the LPGA tour. <laughs> and those numbers are almost exactly the same. As a matter of fact, the LPGA tour numbers are slightly higher, but they swing slower. That's the only reason they don't, you know, hit it 360 yards off. the Right. Team. I'll guarantee you though, if you play folks, if you play with Nelly Corda <laughs> or any of those, you're going to get smoked. She'll step on your neck <laughs> yeah. and then smile. And yeah. Then smile. <laughs> yeah. Um, Keith, how can people find you real quick? Uh, Keith at KeithJarvisGolf.com. 
uh, at Keith Jarvis Golf on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, X. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. Cool. We're going to get out of here. Keith is um, going to stick around for after hours. Don't forget, we got the Portland Golf Show coming up. And uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Weston Kia for the travel tips uh, via Keith today. So everybody go out, have some fun, play golf, and more importantly, be kind. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.